Do you want to build your brand by being a guest on industry-leading podcasts? If you own a business, my guess is you do. So picture this. You, a dynamic executive, effortlessly connecting with engaged audiences, turbocharging your top-of-funnel marketing, and creating a treasure trove of content with every episode. Podcasting is the game changer you've been waiting for, and PodcastAlly.com is your VIP ticket to podcast PR success. Say goodbye to the ordinary and hello to the extraordinary exposure. Head over to PodcastAlly.com now and let them know that Pretty OK sent you. Your brand deserves to shine, and they're ready to make it happen. Another episode of Pretty Okay Podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Welker. And I am Taylor Holman. And we're back, back, back again, back together. <laughs> um, I really liked your, your solo episode a couple weeks ago. I learned so much and I sent it on to my Taylor. I was like, hey, let's Listen to this. She's got some good advice because it was so timely because we have a new fucking president. Woo! I celebrated with a dance party. How did you celebrate? We, what did we do on Saturday? On Saturday, I texted a shit ton of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then actually, oh, we got sushi for dinner. Nice. And then this, the real celebration was more yesterday. We went to, those of you who are in San Diego, if you've not yet been to Lola 55. Ooh, so good. So good. Had tacos and some really great margaritas last night. So Yum. that was my whole weekend of celebration. That's awesome. Yeah, Stephen was um, in one of the bedrooms doing a therapy, like a virtual therapy appointment when it got announced and I was just like, you can't interrupt his therapy, Sam. You can't interrupt his therapy because I just wanted to like get excited with him. And, you know, so I had to wait like a good 45 minutes for oh, him. Oh, that's so long. I know. It like, got announced like five minutes after he went and I was like, God damn it. And I knew he didn't have his phone on. So <laughs> I wasn't going to bug him, but it was worth it. And just Rocky and I celebrated by ourselves. Um, it's funny because like, you know, Stephen and I both grew up in in very like religious households and his household was far more Republican than mine. Like the kind of Republican where they tell you, this is how you have to vote like to their kids. And so we've just, we don't want to be those parents. You know, we want Rocky to learn and be informed and make decisions on his own. Hopefully with that route, he'll make the right decisions. (laughs) Um, And so like this whole time, you know, we've been, he's been very in tune, paying attention to us watching debates and what have you. And he, um, he, he he just, he decided on his own. He liked Joe because he said he looked like a grandpa. And I was like, you're right. Grandpa Joe, he does look like a grandpa. And he coined Trump, the boring guy. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. So when Steven came out of his therapy, he's like, dad, Joe won. The boring guy lost. I'm like, yep, exactly. No more boring guy, buddy. (laughs) No more boring guy. Oh my gosh. Yes. I realized that I just am so looking forward to having people who can experience the full range of human emotion (laughs) leading this country. Right. (laughs) Right. Like, you know, I, 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 I don't think I realized how much we have all been deprived of seeing that from our leaders, like yeah. someone who can be, you know, who can experience grief, but then also just pure joy and happiness. Right. And so I'm like all of the videos of that are old at this point, but <laughs> of Kamala dancing and, you know, laughing mm. and it, they just really struck a chord with me this weekend and I'm also very, very excited to have an educator as our first lady because I've Amazing. been obsessed with Dr. Biden for I forever. love her. She, like, I was talking about it with my mom who 
is neither here nor there when it comes to politics, you know? And she was like, well, if Joe wins, I just hope that it's kind of secretly Jill running the scenes. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sure it will be. <laughs> like you've seen that video. Um, I forget when that one chick rushed the stage. Do you remember that video? When like early earlier on in the campaign, that like young girl rushed the stage. And oh, Joe samurai blocked her. And I'm going to put a link to it in the show notes because she <laughs> she samurai blocks this chick from getting to Biden. And then as soon as like the you know, security dudes take over and get the chick off the stage. Jill just like grabs Joe by the shoulders and just like kind of gently guides him back towards the podium. Like, so she's just like, okay, you may continue. <laughs> it, it just sold me on like her as a human. Yes. Watching yes. That. So I'll have to send it to you because it's pretty yeah. great. Yes. She handles business. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's a community college professor, which right. that is the fast track to, to my heart. So yeah. that says a lot about who she is as a person and, and where she, you know, how she sees potential in right. everyone. So, yeah. So I'm very, very excited. And now, <laughs> now it's time to do the work. So last week's episode was very well-timed and yeah. I hope that everyone is at least a little bit inspired to take things to whatever the next level is for themselves. Yes, for sure. Um, and so this week, we're going to kind of switch gears a little bit because, believe it or not, it is mid-freaking November, <laughs> which is like blows my mind. This year is on another level. It's just like, I feel like we deserve a do-over, but also I don't want to do it again. Like, no. <laughs> I feel like just next year should be 2020. Like, this should just be a wash, like scratch. <laughs> but I we're going to talk today about giving yourself an annual review if you're the HBIC, which Taylor, you just learned what HBIC means. <laughs> yeah, guys, guys, a uh, spoiler alert. I am not, in fact, cool. <laughs> These letters stood for. Um, for those of you who are like me, that, that would be head bitch in charge. Yes, head bitch in charge. I it cracks me up that you didn't know what that meant because you of all people <laughs> right. no. head bitch. Um. <laughs> oh, it's funny though. But you know, annual reviews are something that I think have a kind of a corporate stigma a little bit attached to them. And I know I've certainly given my fair share as well as received my fair share working in the, in the corporate world. And I'm sure you have too. Um, but when you are a creative entrepreneur or you're a, biz a business owner, who's going to give you one, right? And I think that the importance of an annual review is often overlooked because the year fucking flies by and all of a sudden it's February. <laughs> You're like, where did the time go? But they are very, very important to just growing as a business owner and growing, you know, in all different elements of running your own kind of entrepreneurship Um so we're going to kind of talk today about why you need to evaluate your own performance and how and what. So do you kind of want to start by talking about why we need our own annual review? If no one else is going to give us one, why should we be giving ourselves one? Yes. And as uncomfortable and awkward and weird as it may feel to review yourself, I think the one of the biggest things that it boils down to is the need to step outside of your everyday and your routine and your comfort zone because mm -hmm. we all spend so much time in the weeds right that if we don't take that step back and really intentionally look at our performance i mean obviously we're all doing a fucking kick-ass job yeah, but, doing it. <laughs> but are we really doing a kick-ass job in all the ways that we might feel like we are is there actual proof that mm -hmm. we did so you really need to be doing these evaluations to create another level of accountability for both yourself and the business because if you're holding yourself accountable it obviously has an impact on what you're doing in that space. But kind of one of the other things I was thinking about this morning is that 
giving yourself an annual review, not only will it help you make sure that you are making steps in the right direction toward your big audacious life goals, Mm -hmm. that it might also help you realize where you need to make a change. If you feel like you are getting off track or maybe you have some sort of realization that like, fuck, this isn't really what I want to be doing. So those are all the existential therapy-based reasons that we should all be evaluating ourselves every single year. Yeah, I think those are are very good reasons. And I think when you are the person who is the head bitch in charge, you know, it's really easy to look at what the people working for you are doing um, and kind of critiquing that, which is a natural and regular part of owning a business. And we talked about that in the constructive criticism episode. Um, But sitting down and doing a dedicated review to check in with yourself at the end of each year is only going to help you grow as a business owner. And it's only going to help your business in the long run. Um, And you have to, you have to be honest with yourself, I think is the most important component of it. Because like Taylor said, if you're just like, everything's groovy, it's all hunky dory. I'm crushing it. (laughs) Like, okay. I mean, I'm sure you are in ways. Sorry, I take that back. I'm sure you are crushing it in ways. But things can always be better. That's always what I like to say. Like, um, and I, I I say that mostly about parenting because I remember like when Rocky was a baby, my mother-in-law would be like, well, we did this and he turned out just fine. And I'm like, yeah, but it could be better. <laughs> and that's just been like my philosophy that I've adopted into life. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure it, it did work fine, but how could it be better? Totally. And that's something that is going to really, really be crucial for you when when owning a business. And I think the thing that's most important to remember with this also is that you need to treat it like you're giving a review to an employee and you don't want to kind of just sit down and Hmm, okay, how what did I do good this year? What did I not do good this year? Like, no, no, <laughs> write some shit out. <laughs> Let's take it seriously. So one of the things that you need to start evaluating at your annual review is your performance against your personal goals. And, you know, I kind of, I think that goal setting content is very overdone personally. And I love it. Like I, I will come out with more this season. Don't worry. <laughs> Even though I think it's overdone, I'm going to keep pushing it out because I just think it's something that we all get very fixated on like in December of each year. And then by like April of next year, a lot of people have just gone like, you know, the day-to-day catches up with you. But when you're giving yourself a review, you're able to kind of check back in with those goals see the progress you made, see the progress you didn't make, which is equally as important and figure out which step to take next. Yep. You definitely have to write them down. I am, I for sure am one of those people that on occasion, uh, I'll just, I guess it's like a weird form of daydreaming. I'll think about, okay, well, what am I, what am I doing? What am I like doing well? And what am I fucking up right now? (laughs) And then, but eventually, which I've already done, for all the the businesses that I need to, I've already written down 2021 planning. I haven't done a self-evaluation yet. So (laughs) I I will add it into the document, but I definitely think that when I, when I think of how I track the actual business goals, Mm -hmm like at the end of the year or kind of through the year, I'll go through and start crossing off things that have been done so Mm -hmm. that it makes it easier to see where I still have room to make progress. And so I'm excited to, because this is definitely your, like, this is your jam. So I'm super excited to, to hear all of the ways that we could be. Well, this is my, my HR nerd coming out. Um, I'm one of those people who really enjoys giving reviews and also like receiving them, like, because, you know, you and I are both people who are constantly learning and it's, it's hard to grow if you're not critiquing things. Like that's just what it kind of boils down to. And so I always think 
that when you're giving yourself a review, the first, and you kind of just touched on this, but the most important spot to start is what did you do well over the year? What were your biggest successes? And this year is going to be so weird for so many people when you guys give yourselves a review. Like, you also want to take that into consideration. Like, this was a clusterfuck of a year. Yeah. Your your big accomplishment might just be that you kept your business afloat. Yeah. And if you did, that's fucking awesome. Because, like I just said, this is a garbage year. And... It's it's hard to hold yourself to the same criteria as maybe you did in 2019 when people could leave their houses and go do things freely and <laughs> people didn't lose their jobs and you know you guys know what's going on. So I feel like to start with the review we kind of have to take one step back and look a little bit at goals because I love what you just said about tracking your goals throughout the year which is something that I also do. It's something with you know KPIs are chef's kiss when it comes to measuring your performance throughout the year. So this is just what kind of serves as your data for your annual review. It'll help give you that bird's eye view of what did this year look like? And I just love KPIs. Do you color code your KPIs? Yes. Yes, me too. (laughs) (laughs) And color coding them really helps me visualize the strengths and the weaknesses of the business, of my individual performance, of, you know, employees' individual performance. So if you have not yet, please go listen to the KPI episode that Taylor did. It has a lot of great information. If you haven't tracked KPIs in 2020, 2021, guys, is the year of the KPI. Let's call it now. (laughs) (laughs) We got to get some mugs made. Uh, more merch, more merch to add. So I think <laughs> what you want to do before you give yourself a review is go back and look, even if you didn't track it throughout the year, go back because somewhere you have written down in a notebook, you know, in a Google Doc, somewhere on your Instagram page, <laughs> your goals. And if you aren't somebody who has been tracking them, you might need a refresher on what those goals were. So go back, do that, but also remember to give yourself a bit of grace because the year got fucked when we before we set those goals, or sorry, after we set those goals. <laughs> we had no idea what it was going to look like. Where do you keep your, your goals, where you track them? Um, you know, Word document. Okay. <laughs> Very, yeah. right? Like it's not anything fancy. Yeah. So I just have a Word doc that is in my, you know, one of my main... Dropbox folders. So and it's usually like the the year and then dash planning. So Perfect. you know, this is not Love rocket it. science. This is just going through some specific motions. It's it doesn't have to be overly complicated. Like it could be yeah. a Word doc. I use a Google doc. <laughs> like we're not reinventing the wheel here, guys. So You want to be evaluating your performance against your personal goals. And then the other thing you want to be evaluating is your contribution to the business goals, which when you're the owner are a lot of the times one in the same, I think, for a lot of people. We can get more into goal setting later, but I would recommend separating (laughs) your personal goals from the business goals. Your contribution is more so what I would be evaluating in terms of an annual review because we're looking at it like you're an employee. Pretend you have this invisible boss over you who's giving you this review. If that helps you visualize, if you're a visual person, um, pick somebody cool like RBG or, you know, Kamala. Don't pick somebody shitty. Don't pick a white dude. Okay, I have to admit, okay, this again, you guys, I am such a nerd. So when you talked about like invisible boss, I had this immediate flashback to my ninth grade AP European history teacher who used to always, I know, right? Who used to always talk about the invisible hand of Adam Smith. Ew. Yeah. (laughs) So nerdy, but that's the kind of shit that pops into my head. Look them up. It's an economic theory. Got it. Okay. See, I didn't know. (laughs) I'm like 
15 whatever or something stupid. Well, apparently it worked because it stuck with you all these it years. It stuck with me. Yep. An invisible <laughs> hand. So the way that I always like to do reviews as the employer side of things, right, is writing out kind of a standard list of questions slash prompts because I think that a huge part of giving a review to somebody is getting their feedback because if you just sit and talk at someone like, here's what you did, here's what you didn't do, that's good. It's great. Criticism, love it, here for it. But it's not going to give you the most out of the review as you can get when it's a two-way street, which is difficult when you're the one doing it by yourself. But that's why I'm saying, imagine this invisible boss <laughs> that you're having a conversation with. So instead of sitting down and being like, here's what I did well, here's what I didn't do well, I want to urge you to kind of write down questions and prompts you would use or if you were to be giving your review to somebody else. What are the things that matter to you as a business owner? What are the things that you want to hear from the people working for you? And kind of spin off from there. So we outlined a few questions to kind of get you started. Um, and we'll talk about them. I kind of want to go through and talk about why you want to ask that question and what you're going to get from it. So one of the, like I said, one of the things you should start with is what are the things that I did well this year? And what are the, I like to list out, what are the three accomplishments that I'm most proud of? And I think that's an important thing to reflect on as a business owner because what it, what did you do that made you happy? What were you stoked on for yourself this year as a business owner? I think that's a really good place to start because we should all have those things, right? We should all have something that we're proud of this year. And like Taylor said, even if it's just you kept your shit afloat for the year. So I personally, when it comes to like job interviews or reviews, I'm not a fan of what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses because they're such vague questions that I think people can kind of bullshit really easily on. Like, I'm a hard worker. My weakness is that I work too much. <laughs> <laughs> I care too much. I care too deeply. And sometimes I just spend too much time at the office. <laughs> it's like, dude, no. <laughs> But I do think that it is important to evaluate your strengths. And so I think giving yourself more of a, a bullet point list. So ask yourself, what are three of my biggest strengths? So what are you doing that's great? What are you best at? What comes naturally? Um, and I would only do three, honestly, because, you know, we get it. You're good at a lot of things. But what are the top three things that you can bring to the table? Mm-hmm. You know, when it comes to evaluating or even just looking at strengths, one of the things that a friend told me years ago that has just resonated with me is to look at your strongest qualities and then also look at how they might manifest in the most negative way mm. to kind of give yourself some guard or like not necessarily guardrails, but just to to see how something that you might consider to be a strength mm -hmm. can and might sometimes be interpreted as a flaw. Sure. So like, for example, like my, I'm a very organized person and I'm a damn good project manager. Get out of here. You are organized. I am organized. <laughs> I'd never but. know. <laughs> but sometimes that turns into impatience or me not giving people the time and space they need to do what they can in fact succeed at. Sure. So I think that that's just an interesting kind of caveat to put or spin to put on when you're evaluating your strengths. Yeah, no, for sure. I like that a lot. Um, a lot of the things that you do really well can be positives on one end, but then can also have kind of a negative connotation on the other. And when you're looking at those things and you're listing out those strengths, I love that idea of saying, cool, here's what I did really well. Here's what I'm really strong at. How is this impacting the business? 
How is this impacting my role as a leader and as a manager? Um, I think that's really, really, really smart. So shout out to your friend. What? You guys, I wish you could see the stupid shit that we do on video. Oh, no, they wouldn't listen anymore if they could see <laughs> what dorks we actually are. <laughs> um, so, and then in kind of going on with that, after you've listed out your top three strengths, what are the top three areas that you've improved on over the past year? And I think that looking at things that you have improved on is actually more valuable to me than strengths, because I think a lot of strengths come naturally to people, but the areas that you've improved on are, you know, a reflection of the work and the time that you've put into growing yourself as an entrepreneur, as a creative, as, you know, whatever. Um, And I think that that's something that you, you should really spend a lot of time on looking at okay, where was I a year ago in regards to this and where am I now? And I'll give you an example. So like, and this is kind of a silly example, but it totally counts for me. (laughs) But like I have taken over, over the past year, a lot of the graphic design stuff for Glitter Guide, which is not a natural skill for me in the slightest. I am not good at graphic design. It is not my jam, but I'm doing it. <laughs> and I go, sometimes I'll go back and I'll look at something from a year ago and I'm like, oh God, that's awful. Oh wow, I'm much better now. <laughs> and so it's kind of like, you know, it's a more of a visual representation, but it's, it's good for me to see, okay, the hours that I've spent working on this have not gone wasted because now I am growing in this skill in, in an area that isn't necessarily my expertise or something that I'm naturally good at. So look at those areas where you've improved over the past year, because those are going to be new skill sets for you and new things to add to, you know, your, your list of not your list of resumes, your resume. (laughs) You should only have one, one resume. All right. So the next one, after you've looked at the areas that you've improved is the counter area of what are three areas where I have the most room for improvement? Um, Because, you know, strengths are groovy, but growing the areas that we're not so good in is what's going to help us grow our business overall. Um, And I think that the most important thing here is to also assign some action steps that you can take to improve each. So list out the three areas that you have the most room for improvement and then bullet point underneath each one, what are the action steps that I can take to fix it? Because looking at an area where you might not necessarily be necessarily be your strongest can be a little daunting and be a little disheartening. But if you can flip it and put down some easy digestible steps of how you can improve, it'll kind of take a little bit of that negativity out of it, I guess is what I'm saying. It's just, you're looking at your areas where, okay, I didn't do so great here. Boom, boom, boom. Here's how I can work on it. Give yourself something to work to so that your next annual review, those are in your areas of most improved. Yeah. And one of the other things that you probably, well, for anyone who is not intrinsically motivated, (laughs) right? Right. Versus, (laughs) and you just need account, like actual accountability, then this is one of those points that, you should be tapping your work wife, your best friend, someone who can help you stay accountable mm-hmm. and making progress through the year, even if it's just a couple check-ins to yeah. just, you know, spot spot check where mm-hmm. you're at. But most of us, if it's something that we feel like we need to make improvement on, we already kind of feel down about it. We're likely to push it off. So yep having an outside person to hold your feet to the fire is a smart thing to do if you are really serious about making improvement. Yes, for sure. Um, I, I, I'm always a big, uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for here? Not motivator. Advocate. Thank you. 
I am always a big advocate for vocalizing the goals and the things that you want to work on for yourself personally. Like Taylor said, whether that be to a work wife, to, you know, your best friend or putting it out on the internet, you know, like if you're, if you have a social media following and that's how you hold yourself accountable, like whatever you need to do this, as soon as you put that shit out there, it becomes more real because you know that it's not just something inside where if you just tell yourself, okay, I'm going to work really hard on my finances this year and I'm going to get better at doing my bookkeeping. There's nobody to hold you accountable. If you, if you don't have it out there in the universe, it's easy to just drop something off your plate. If you're the only one who knows about it, (laughs) it's really fucking easy. (laughs) So don't chicken out. When you find your areas that you have that you want to improve on and you have your action steps laid out, tell somebody about it. Find somebody that you can use to help you stay accountable. That's some really great advice, Taylor. Next, one of the questions that I think is very important is what was a mistake I made this year and how can I prevent it in the future? Because guess what? None of us are perfect. We all made mistakes. We all fucked up no matter how big or small. What was a mistake that you made in your business this year that you can learn and grow from? The year feels fast. (laughs) It feels like it flew by fast. But really, like, I don't remember what the fuck I was working on in February. Like, my brain has done so much and moved so far beyond it that even if I made a mistake back then, I don't remember it. So I think if you can go go back, go over your timeline, you know, of your months, your quarter, however you kind of keep track of everything and see, okay, well, here was a mistake that that went down. What can I do next year to make sure that I don't make that same mistake again? Is It's a really helpful way to review your, pros- your progress, but also it's a way to help you, again, put more actionable steps in place to get your butt moving and keep growing and keep learning as a business owner and just as a human in general, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Totally. And, you know, in the vein of prevention, I, well, one of the things that people who work very closely with me know is that my brain immediately goes to trying to identify the holes and the, like the blind spots or gaps which is not actually being negative. (laughs) Sometimes people feel like it's negative. It's not actually negative. It's all for the right cause. But when you're looking at your mistakes, if you can, if it wasn't back in February when you have no idea what was going on, (laughs) try to think of, was there some sort of gap that, hindsight is allowing you to see that Mm -hmm. you had a a blind spot to back then so that you know for in the future you can possibly identify the type of situation or environment that might lead you to make a mistake and then that is another way that you can help make sure that it doesn't happen next go around next go around the sun literally (laughs) yeah I think that's I think that's really good advice. And, you know, I built a whole consulting business off of finding holes (laughs) because it's not an easy, I think, thing to do for a lot of people, like naturally, you know, it's identifying problems and then creating solutions is a learned skill set, I think. And I think that a lot of people don't realize that, that it's something they have to work on and have to actively keep working on when you run a business because otherwise everything's just going to stay stagnant um, unless you bring in, you know, a third party to help you or whatever. But identifying holes is not negative. It's it's definitely a positive thing that you can do for your business because it does kind of put you on the next path towards success, your next growth trajectory, which leads me into the next question. (laughs) So one of the things you want to ask yourself is what is my ideal growth trajectory? Do you want 
to bring on new employees? Do you want to have a new title? Do you want to give yourself a raise as a business owner? What do you want the next year to look like for you? Ideally, how do you want to grow as an individual? And I think that looking at how you want to grow is a lot better than saying, what do I want to be next? Like, what do I want the next year to look like? Well, you know, ideally I want to work 15 hours a week and sleep until 9 a.m. and hang out with my chickens all day. Okay. But that's not what's going to happen. You got to put it on a post-it somewhere, Sam. Manifest uh, that shit. I know, but I'm also a realist. Yeah. <laughs> and when you set this kind of ideal growth trajectory, what's going to happen is your business is going to naturally fall in line because as the business owner and the head bitch in charge, your growth is company growth. And that's just, you know, as basic as I can put it, the more you can grow and evolve as a human, as an individual, the better your business is going to do. So ask yourself, what do I want next year? What's the benchmark for me to show that I've achieved these goals and what I want out of 2021. I almost said 2020 because I literally forgot that we've already done this year. (laughs) Here's complete. I went to buy a new planner because I, as much as I rely on technology, I also live and die by my paper planner. Mm -hmm. And the one that I have been getting from paper source for years, the only color that it comes in for next year is like, MAGA red. Oh, boo. And so now I can't get it because red is a trigger. Nope. <laughs> so, nope. Um, so please holler at your girl if you have any planner Whoa, I do. suggestions. I just, I, got a, I just got a really beautiful one from, I don't even know how to say it, Papier, Papier. I'm sure it's French oh. because they have a thing in the UK. But they... I got a really beautiful planner from them for 2021 and I'm dying to use it, but it's not ready yet. But okay. And you can customize the cover and they're not that expensive and they have a ton of different beautiful designs. So I'll send you the link. Sweet. P-A-P-I-E-R. I I don't know how you say that, but. Probably Papier. Papier? Bitchin' planners is what I I call it. (laughs) Okay. And now is where you kind of get into a little more of the existential big picture view of things. Um, And this is something that I always like to talk about with Taylor once a year, Glitter Guide Taylor, uh, is looking at the next two to five years. What do you want that year to look like? In five years, what should everything around you be? Do you want to have 10 employees? Do you want to have X amount of revenue for the year? Do you want to have, you know, an office, a dedicated office for a workspace? Write down all of those things and then work backwards from there. What role would you want to have by then? So if you're growing the business, what does your role look like in that? Are you still overseeing day-to-day operations? Are you bringing in somebody who can do operation stuff so you can move on to big picture or creative If you're not moving into a different role, one of the things you want to look at is what skills do you need to learn in the meantime to make progress towards that next goal? So this is a very, I think, a heavy one that's going to take probably a lot of time for people because it takes a lot of looking to the future and then working backwards. And it is something that I do. (laughs) I buy those big-ass Post-it notes You know what I'm talking about? Like the ones you can stick on the wall that are like gargantuan. So I buy those when we do this kind of planning, like our two and five year plans. And I write it out together when we're together on these big post-its. And then I save them (laughs) and put them up the next time we're together. And I'm like, cool. How'd we do here? How are we making progress here? Are we still on track for this number? Are we still on track for this I think having that kind of big, larger-than-life visual is very helpful when you're doing this extensive kind of planning, but that's just – that's a personal preference. (laughs) Yeah, I used – I've done it on, like, 
big ass whiteboards. Cause it really does. Like when you're looking at those kinds of grand plans, it physically takes up space. Mm-hmm. So I love that. No, no baby ass post-it notes. No baby ass post-it notes, big ass post-it notes only. <laughs> More merch. Big ass post-it notes only. So I think that question is kind of twofold because, you know, if you see yourself in a different role in the next two to five years, what do you need to do to get to that role? If not, if you want to stay where you are, what should you learn on to make progress? What should you learn on? What should you You learn? I think I was trying to combine learn and work on. Yeah, <laughs> learn on. <laughs> Again, more merch. Learn on. <laughs> what do you want to, what should you work on so that you can advance the skills that you need to learn in the meantime to make progress towards your next goal, even if it's not changing your role within the company? Yeah. And this is where all of those online courses that everyone and their fucking mother has created this year will probably be helpful for you. Yeah. I think I'm going to make one. I'm going to try. I have so much goal setting stuff that I think I'm just going to try to put together like an email course. Mm-hmm. Don't hold me to it. Actually do hold me to it. That's the whole point of saying yes. it on the podcast. Yes. <laughs> but the year's yeah. almost over. I got to hurry. <laughs> I just helped a client launch their online course. I saw that. So much work. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's why I'm thinking I'd rather do it as like an email course because I don't have the capacity right now to launch a full online course because they are a shit ton of work. Um, So much. I underestimated the scope big time. If you are going to buy an online course, please buy one from somebody with actual experience and not an Instagram influencer for the love of sweet baby Jesus. Please don't buy a course from an Instagram influencer. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to name names, but you know what I'm fucking talking about. (laughs) I wish you could see Taylor right now. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Oh, I could not agree with any more energy. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. We, I won't get on my rant train about online courses. <laughs> if you guys want to hear the rant, call me. Yeah, we don't, we don't have the time because no. it would take a whole other episode. Yeah, but we won't, we won't do it. Just, we won't. just heed that advice, please. If you take nothing else from this podcast, please take away the fact that you should not be buying courses or listening to Instagram influencers in regards to your business. <laughs> All right. And so the last question that I have on my list for the annual review is what are three things I can do outside of work that will improve my performance at work? So classes that I can take, books I can read, having a new morning routine, setting a blogging schedule. What are things after you've gone and looked at, you know, kind of the areas that you have a need for improvement on looking kind of at the whole big picture from more of a personal perspective. So take the business side of things out of it and look at what you as a human can do to become a better quote unquote employee to yourself. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you have an issue with time management, say that's one of the things that you need an area you need to improve on start going to bed earlier, you know, start waking up an hour earlier each day. So you have an extra hour to get yourself ready to do something that's going to set you up for success for the day. Um, you know, by now, if you've gone through all these questions, you have a pretty good idea of what do I need to improve on? What am I doing? Well, cool. What areas can I tweak? What can I add into my day to day that will make me a better business owner and a better human. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you. Hit me. When you are evaluating yourself, if you have people or persons that you manage, Mm -hmm. do you recommend asking them for feedback as a part of this process? I, so what I like to do is not necessarily ask for feedback about like, 
hey, what do you think about me? Because the thing is your employees are never going to talk shit to you. Like they're too scared to lose their job. They're, you know, they're, if you're the boss, they're not going to say negative things about you directly. What I recommend doing um, is a yearly kind of, what do I call it? Like a reflection review essentially for your, your employees where you send them all the same list of questions. I like to do that because I don't like anybody to feel singled out. And it can be either like rating on a scale. You can have them fill it in. But asking them questions about the business, do you feel valued? Do you feel – I'm drawing a total blank on what my questions usually are. But like how do you feel about the organizational systems? And asking them just about all the different components of the business I think helps get feedback for you as a business owner about where your own employees think your your strengths are and where your own employees think you're lacking. You know, asking questions like that effectively is them giving you a review because as the business owner, you're responsible for all the different components of your business. And I think you're more likely to get honest feedback in that way than you are if you're requesting feedback as an individual. Gotcha. So like drawing a a correlation Mm -hmm. between their feedback and your performance. Cool. Don't bombard your actual employees (laughs) with questions about, so how am I doing? Yeah. No, you're never going to get an honest answer. Like no matter how close you are with your employees or how chill you are, you're never going to get an honest answer. Just take it from somebody who's tried. <laughs> so then another form of that question, what if it's business partners and not employees? Hmm. I think with business partners, I would kind of do the same thing. I would have everybody do a collective kind of survey on where they think the strengths and the weaknesses are in each department, what they think can be improved on, what they think is doing really well on its own. Because I think that even with business partners, it's hard to point the finger, you know, of blame at each other. And I'm all for open and honest communication. And I think that that's a key component of having a business partner. But I think when you look at things from an overarching business perspective, you get a better grip on what people really think of how things are going when you kind of take the person out of it. Um, and you know, if you want to do both, if, if you really want to like, Hey, how am I doing with a business partner? I would be more okay with doing that rather than with an employee, because I think, you know, it's obviously a, a different relationship. Um, but I would still do make it an even playing field for everybody by having everybody kind of answer the same sort of questions and same review. And then you can kind of compare notes later. Thumbs up to that. Thumbs up. So I'm, I think we will probably do something on goal setting soon, you know, because it's just, you got to do it at the end of the year. We'll do it sooner rather than later. So you guys have time to, to kind of work on it. Um, but in the meantime, start working on your annual review. You know, we gave you a list of questions, which I will also put in the show notes so you can go back and reference those. The most important part of giving yourself a review, you guys, is giving yourself action items at the end of it. Don't just like be like, cool, I did this well. I sucked at this and then have it end there. It's not going to do you any fucking good. That's kind of all I have on an annual review, giving yourself an annual review. You have anything else before we close it out? No, I am definitely going to change some of the ways that I'm looking at my own performance. Cool. My own annual reveal. Yeah. So I know I got to give myself one too. That last question about business partners was not a loaded question at all. No, (laughs) you weren't asking for yourself, right? No, I was asking for all of the listeners, (laughs) but no, this is, I mean, I love goal setting. I don't think quite as much as you do, but anybody loves goal setting as much as I do. No, not possible. Goal setting. Sam wins. Sam wins. But this really is what I do love is like being introspective. And this definitely is very much in line with that. And I think it is 
incredibly important as a business owner to know where you're a rock star and know where you suck shit. So, yeah. And where you're mediocre, because if you're mediocre, you can improve and become a rock star on those too. Um, You know, be honest with yourself, like be honest, be vulnerable and be dedicated to moving forward and making changes for the betterment of your business. Because if you're the head bitch in charge, the only person who's going to do it is you guys. And that is our spiel on giving yourself an annual review. If you heard snoring in the background, it wasn't me. It's Lucy. She's sitting right next to me. So sorry. Um, there are probably some dog snores in this episode. <laughs> he clearly nice. is not interested in the conversation. <laughs> her her annual review is going to be needs improvement in enthusiasm for the job. Have a be a rough time for her when it's time for her annual review. I've got some notes. <laughs> All right, so. Like I said, I'll put up some show notes with the questions and resources, all that jazz on prettyokpodcast.com. Find us over on Instagram at prettyokpodcast. And like always, we love it if you leave a rating or a review wherever you get your podcasts. It helps bump us up. Can I pause and say that when I edited last week's episode, I was cracking the fuck up at your closing because you kept stopping. Sam, I'm going to do it over. Sam, I'm going to do it over. But it was so funny because you'd only mess up like one word and then you'd start the entire sentence over. And I'm like, when have I ever done a good closing? I'm a clusterfuck, Taylor. You are such a perfectionist. There was there, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I just felt this pressure. I was like, because <laughs> Sam always does it. She does it really well. And, <laughs> and people need a good closing. And I just couldn't deliver. Uh, I think you nailed it. But it really, it made me giggle. And it brought me joy. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> All right. So we'll be back in a couple of weeks with a new episode and thanks for listening guys. Have a good week. Bye. Bye.